Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another week of the Six Figure Roadmap. I'm super excited for this week's interview with Ezra Firestone. Ezra's secret is that he's always consistent. He shows up every day enthusiastic and ready to put attention on his goals, both in his personal life and his business life. That's how he went from starting his first e-commerce store from scratch in 2007 to running multiple businesses that bring in 20 plus million in yearly revenue. Ezra is one of the most genuine and smartest people I've had the pleasure of speaking to. One of my favorite parts of this interview is that we talk about going from a cash flow mindset, meaning you are working for month to month paychecks to starting to build an asset in your business, meaning you're building your company to sell, thinking more long-term, thinking bigger instead of working and putting in the same amount of effort only to be paid month to month. I know that you know most of you listening to this podcast may be at a place where you're just trying to eat, you're trying to put food on the table, have cool experiences, maybe change up your lifestyle, maybe switch your career path. Instead of thinking month to month and cash flow style, right, where you're only getting a small piece of revenue every month, start building long term. Start thinking of something that you can create that you can eventually sell to somebody. So if you want to learn how to do that, how to shift that in your life, in your business, listen to this episode. It's amazing. We talk a lot about a lot more than just that. Um, Again, Ezra, he's just full of wisdom and I'm excited for you guys to hear uh, this interview. I also want to give a quick shout out to Steven Sinatra. He reached out to me on Facebook and said, I love the podcast. Thank you so much for the kind words, my man. Guys, if, if you're loving the podcast, you are loving the content and the interviews that we're giving you, please rate this podcast five stars. Leave your review. Let me know what you think of it, whether that's good or bad. Or you can reach out to me on any social platform, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, Let me know what you think. Say hello and uh, let's connect. So before we get into this interview, let's thank our sponsor. Shift is all about streamlining your workflow like a boss. Switch between all of your mail, calendar, and drive accounts with just one click. Shift is a handsome solution to the mess. Say goodbye to the multiple tab logging in, logging out nightmare. Customize native notifications or auto-mute them when you're in meetings. Shift has been generous enough to give us a 15% discount on their app. All you have to do is once you purchase the app Shift, you download it to your computer and it acts as basically all-in-one software. You no longer have to create 100 different tabs on your browser and switch between all of your emails, switch between um, all of the different software that you use. It literally just lives inside this one software. It's a lifesaver. It's very productive and a huge time saver. So highly recommend grabbing Shift. Just go to our membership at lvrg.it. Once you sign up for that and log into your account, you'll get access to not only the shift discount for 15% off, but a lot of other discounts in there as well. All right, let's get into the interview with Ezra. All right, Mr. Ezra, how are you today? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the six-figure roadmap. I'm doing good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I love, um, you know, talking to other entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and folks who are out there doing it, making it happen on the journey. It's, um, you know, I've I've traveled this road from literally nothing to now having, you know, over a hundred employees and my business is bringing in 25, 30 million a year in revenue. And like, I've gone, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here, you know, like I've done the, I've taken the journey and, uh, and I've learned a lot along the way. And so I love talking about it. Thank you for having me. Oh, I love it, man. I appreciate your time. I, I appreciate you being here on that journey. Do you remember making your first six figures as an entrepreneur? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Um, the first six figures I made as an entrepreneur came on Halloween of 2007. I was uh, a, well, the first six figures I made in my own venture, I made money for other people as a kind of, you know, co-owner slash tech person doing their business. That's a whole other story we can talk about. But my first actual six figures from one of my ventures was Halloween 07. And uh, I was selling mullet wigs, Afro wigs, Elvis wigs. I had, uh, I had um, the number one mullet wig shop in America back in the day. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, it was a time when the, you know, the landscape was a little simpler. The only visibility source that existed, you know, for people who were playing the online game was really Google and Google AdWords ads search traffic where someone types in a search query and then Google search engine optimization where, you know, you try to rank on Google for different queries that people type in. And then there was a bunch of different kind of ways that you could monetize that visibility. I mean, some people were selling services. Some people were doing affiliate marketing. Some people were, um, you know, selling physical products. I've been an e-commerce guy since the jump. So I was selling, uh, I was drop shipping uh, costume wigs. <clears throat> and this is before the drop shipping as people know about it today. People think of drop shipping as you are shipping something from another country, mostly China, to consumers mostly in America and Europe. And uh, this was before that infrastructure existed. The only drop shipping was finding suppliers local, like American suppliers, and getting them to drop ship to other folks in America. I was selling in America because international trade really wasn't a thing online at that time. And so, yeah, so I was using search engine optimization to rank for different queries on Google and sell wigs. Oh, that's amazing. So what was your transition after that? So, uh, well, how I got into that was, I was playing poker for a living in New York City and uh, I moved to New York at 18 and I was on the underground poker scene with guys like Vinny DeLimo and Bobby Franchisi and Joey Two-Tone and, and uh, Jimmy Bananas and all these guys. And uh, they called me, Johnny, how you doing? And that was a fun time. But, you know, the poker game is time for money is, you know, you stay up all night, you sleep all day, you're hanging out with a bunch of degenerates and your actual time is directly proportionate to your earning potential. And I had started learning about the idea of creating systems and creating, um, you know, sort of wealth, wealth generating systems that worked for me when I was doing other things. And that seemed like a good idea. And I met a guy who was, um, at the time, he was like, you know, now the idea of coaching is has penetrated the mainstream. There are relationship coaches and health coaches and business coaches and life coaches. I mean, it's like the concept of coaching is a mainstream concept. And back in 04, 05, that was not the case. And this guy was selling a business opportunity information product, an ebook on how to start a business becoming a life coach. And, you know, the cool thing about coaching and also the, the sort of dark side of coaching is there is no governing body. 
So any schmo can come off the street and call themselves a coach. And that's both good and bad. And so this guy was using search engine optimization to rank on Google for things like, you know, quit my job, how to make money. And he was saying, hey, listen, I can show you how to start your own business as a life coach. I will train you and then I'll train you how to get clients. And uh, he, you know, he was a friend of mine. I knew him through uh, my social circle. And I was like, dude, so let me get this straight. You're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and millions in the end off of your laptop. And I'm sitting here grinding out all night with a, a bunch of slick Italian hustlers. Like I got to figure out what you're doing, man. So I taught him how to play poker. He taught me how to uh, do search engine optimization. I ended up taking over his business, running that from 2005 to about 2009. And through that process, learning about search engine optimization, landing page psychology, sales webinars, you know, the whole thing that I do today, really. But my point is that all of my businesses have always been some form of visibility source and then some form of offer that I'm making to that visibility source and some amount of content sandwiched in between the visibility and the offer. I mean, it's the same thing, dude. Yeah, now we have more visibility sources. We've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, which are contextual traffic, right? The big shift is back in the day, you were limited to what people typed into Google. And there still are search traffic networks out there. Amazon is 100% search traffic, people typing in queries. Google is still 100% search traffic, people typing in queries. Pinterest is a combination between search and contextual traffic because people go and they type in queries, but you can also target them based on context. What revolutionized the industry was contextual targeting, the ability to aggregate data points, to be able to say, hey, I'm, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they have thousands of data points on you. They know uh, who your friends are, what you like, what you eat, what you buy, where you live, you know. Um, and so you as an advertiser can say, I want to take, I want to aggregate 500 data points. I want men who are 25 to 40, who live in New York City, who have a history of hair loss, who are, you know, fans of Oprah, and then you can run ads to them based on context that you have about them. And the ability, the introduction of contextual advertising, which is a lot like interruption advertising in magazines, where someone's reading a magazine and you interrupt them with an ad. It's a, it's the digital form of magazine advertising. Someone is reading the magazine of social media and you interrupt them with some piece of content you think they're going to be interested in. So the contextual targeting, the contextual advertising that Facebook really uh, kind of pioneered is what has led to where we are in the industry today. But it's still the same thing. It's a visibility medium. And then you get someone's attention with some kind of content. And then eventually you make them some kind of an offer. And back in the day, it was they search for an Elvis wig. And then I take them over to the Elvis wig site and I offer them an Elvis wig. And now it's a little bit different, but it's kind of the same thing. Very, very interesting. So what would you say is the most practical way to start generating traffic now before you're hitting that six figure threshold? The game that you have, what you have to understand is no matter what you're doing, if, if you're in that, you're below six figures range, you're probably just focused on trying to eat, trying to make money, trying to do whatever you can to make a dollar. You know what I mean? Just trying to get money coming in the door. And a lot of times people build their, their foundations for their business on sand. They focus on drop shipping from China, trying to turn and burn and just convince people to buy some crappy product and they don't know where it's made, but they just, it's gimmicky. And, and, and it's just like, they're just trying to make a sale, trying to get a dollar to come in. And the energy that you spend in the direction of just trying to make a dollar is wasted energy. Because one of the things that you learn when you're in business for a long time is that the real game of business is the compounding effect of your effort. 
It's the idea of generating what are known as brand assets. Because what happens is you don't make money in your first year or your second year, really, really. The real value, the real money is made years three, four, five, six. And it's made off of the brand assets that you generated in year one, two, and three. The email addresses, the pixel audiences of people who visited your website or watched your videos on Facebook, your Facebook followers, your Instagram fans, your past customers. A business is... So, so what people get confused by, and this is very high level, so maybe I'm going over people's heads here, but let me, let me just introduce a topic that is going to potentially change the way a lot of people um, approach business. So most people are thinking about how can they make money from month to month to pay their bills? And that is one strategy is to build a cash flow business, a business that generates cash so that you can you know, work for yourself and not for someone else. And you can have time freedom and location freedom. Most entrepreneurs became an entrepreneur, decided they wanted to be an entrepreneur because they were chasing some form of freedom. They wanted freedom of location, freedom of time, freedom to do the thing that they wanted to do rather than what someone else wanted them to do. And so they are focused on how do I get something that makes me a little bit of money enough to pay my bills and hopefully, you know, allow me to take care of my family and my community and stuff like that. And that is a great model. But It's not how wealth generation happens. True wealth is generated by the liquidation of assets or the purchasing of assets and operating slash maintaining them and then liquidating them. Wealth does not come from cash flow businesses. You look at people who are truly wealthy. It's not from businesses that were cash flow positive on a monthly basis. It's from the acquisition and liquidation of assets. Now, Our parents' generation understood this in the real estate model. They would buy up real estate, let it appreciate. So that's the acquisition of an asset. And then the maintenance or operation of that asset. In our case, we're talking internet businesses. So it's buy an internet business or build one and then operate it so that it grows and then sell it. I'm going to get to my, my main point here in a minute. But our parents' generation understood that in terms of real estate, right? All the wealth that was generated mostly from the baby boomer and Gen X generations is in the real estate market. And that is the liquidation, the the acquisition and liquidation of assets. That's where real wealth comes from. So the idea is, if you're going to spend your time and energy building a business, build one that one day could sell. Because if it could one day sell, then now all of the effort that you're doing on a month-to-month basis, yes, you're putting money in your pocket because it's cash flow positive, but the ultimate payoff is when you liquidate that asset and get a whole bunch of capital at one time rather than a little tiny bit every month that you can then deploy into the market to purchase more assets or build more assets and so on and so forth. And that is actually the game of wealth creation. It's not just building a cash flow business. And so if you look at the fact that you're probably, you know, I'm guessing by you, what are you, 25, 30, something like that? Uh, 24, yep. Yeah, 24, 25. Okay, so you've got 25 to 30 years max left on your work cycle at the pace that you're going now. And most people are only looking one to two years out. They're not looking five, 10, 15, 20 years out. And that is their problem. They don't look far enough ahead. Everybody's looking at next month. They're not looking at next year or five years from now. So if you figure that you've got 20, let's say 25 years left at the pace that you're going to, at the work pace that you're going now, at which time you're going to be 50, 55, you're going to want to slow down. You're probably going to have a family, probably have kids, probably not going to work as much, want to work as much. So if you figure that you got 20, 25 years to reach your wealth creation goals. And my goals are quite high. I have a lot of people I'd like to take care of. I've got a lot of things I'd like to do in the world and those require access to resource. And so if the game is resource generation, well, then the ultimate game is asset liquidation, not cash flow businesses. So then the ultimate game is if I'm playing the game of 
I'm going to build businesses. Well, I'm going to build businesses that have value that can be sold. And I've understood this since I sold my first business in 2012 for half a million dollars and was like, oh my God, I've never seen this kind of money. And also I've never had the kind of power that having all of that capital at one time affords me, which is really an interesting experience and something that you don't get until you get there. And so this brings me back to if you're getting started today, it is much better to dig two stories down so that you can build a skyscraper rather than just trying to make a little bit of money. And so what you want to be looking at is what assets can I build? What kind of business can I do that is one day saleable? And e-commerce is a really great one, but drop shipping is not because drop shipping, you're uh, selling someone else's brand. If you're going to do e-commerce, maybe drop ship to make a little cash, but eventually you want to white label your own product so that you have something that is your own brand. And then you want, you know, buyers and subscribers and fans and followers to that brand. Another way to do this is to let's say you're going to, you know, build an audience around yourself as an influencer or some brand as an influencer. Well, that audience is inherently valuable if they're engaging with you over time. And if you're putting out content and they're following it and they're liking it and they're enjoying it, well, then you can say, hey, go buy this thing or, hey, join me at this or, hey, like you can monetize that audience that you've kept engaged. Your podcast, Six Figure Roadmap, is a piece of content that you put out consistently to a group of people who then uh, consume that, get value from it, and ultimately will buy stuff from you because of that. That is brand asset value. And now the problem with an influencer business is you can't ever sell it. It's based on your own persona in that, you know, it's the Cam Martinez show and nobody would ever buy that from you. But you know, I'm really into influencer businesses as cash flow generators because it's cash flow. Like if you, if you have a course or something that you sell in this business, the six figure roadmap, you can use that cash to invest into an asset to build a business. So I love the idea of cash flow businesses, but you have to understand if you're building an influencer business, it's not an asset. It is a cash flow business. And as long as you understand the difference between cash flow and an actual asset, you will be uh, making much better decisions at the early part of your career because you'd rather spend 24 to 30 not making a whole lot of money but building a really valuable asset so that 30 to 40 you have access to capital and wealth that you would not have if you spent 24 to 30 just running a cash flow business. So the idea is to understand that the game is asset creation, not cash flow businesses, and then put your energy and effort. Like here's an example. I uh, am starting a new cosmetic brand. And I've spent a year developing a product. I've gone, sent my uh, team to trade shows. I've gone back and forth with suppliers. I'm creating something truly unique. I finally have a formulation. I'm $10,000 and one year into this project, but I have a foundation. I could have just white labeled some other product, but I wanted to create something truly custom that I could tell a story about, that I could build a brand around. It may take me a year longer than anyone else who's just going to white label or drop ship, but I have the foundation for a future eight-figure payday, and they do not. I love the fact that you brought up thinking differently about what you're creating in terms of the difference between a cash flow business and creating assets and a liquidating asset that you can eventually sell. The, and I want to clarify for the people listening to this too, who because you were saying podcast is a great way to get in front of people to provide value who will eventually buy something, Right this platform is in front of a larger asset that we're creating behind the scenes, which is a membership that is delivering a bunch of goods and services at a discounted price. So that is our liquidating asset. This is our way. This is kind of our way to get some cash in to keep building that. 
So perfect example of what you were just talking about. We are doing that actively right now. Yeah. And you owe it to your, your subscriber base to offer them things for sale, because if you don't, then you don't have money to reinvest into better content, making better products, serving them better. It's like, if you're building an audience, you should offer them stuff. Yes, exactly. hundred percent. I love that you brought that up. What do you see being the number one most beneficial business growth strategy in the next two years? I mean, I think in general, if you're going to be in this game, one thing you should do is master advertising of any variety. YouTube advertising, Google search advertising, Amazon advertising, Facebook and Instagram advertising, video making, so that you can then amplify those videos. Like if you have the ability to generate awareness, you will never go broke. You will always have a job and um, you will always have the ability to generate awareness for the offers that you have. It is a truly, I think, the one of the most important skill sets in business and not enough people focus on getting good at it and they just outsource it to agencies who have a thousand other people they're running ads for. And so it's like, it's worth your time and energy to learn that or have someone on your team learn it. You were talking about putting things in place to build an asset instead of a, a cash flow business. What are some things to start preparing for or implementing right now at the early stages to kind of transition from cash flow to liquidating asset? Content marketing is pretty straightforward, right? It's like <clears throat> you have a group of people who are sharing a collective experience. In my case, like women over 50 who are experiencing the aging process and everyone telling them that it's bad. Their hair is going gray, their skin is wrinkling, their hormones are changing, and everybody is selling them that that is fucked, dirty, bad, and wrong. And so that's a group of people who are sharing a collective experience. And then we create content that touches on that experience, that adds value, that talks about the conversations and problems and experiences they're having, and then ultimately introduces our product line that supports and that is interesting to that particular group of people. Same thing I do at Smart Marketer. I talk to people who have Shopify stores and e-commerce businesses about how to have those go better. And then I have products and services that they can buy. So it's like, it's a group of people, a collective experience and content, you know, long form audio, short form audio, long form video, short form video articles, content that, you know, touches on that experience that I put out in front of them. I put it out on all the social networks and then I use advertising to get it in front of them. And then they subscribe to it by consuming it. Consuming is subscription. I can track who watched my video and follow up with them. And then the people who consume, I filter out and I make offers to. That is my whole business model. And it's really a great one. And anyone can do it. Man, I think you're touching a lot of pain points here because a lot of people listening are in <laughs> that cash flow mindset. And why well, you think, have to be when you're first getting started because you're working a job and you just want to pay your bills and you don't understand you're willing to your moral compass is in a very much a gray area because you just don't care because you're tired and burned out and you, you just want to you don't want to be working the shitty job that you don't like and you want to have freedom of time and you see everyone else doing well and you think that having more money is going to make you happier and you just have all these you know factors kind of working against you this sort of perfect storm that um, you know will lead you in a you know, I guess a better direction than your job potentially, but not ultimately where you want to go. What would you recommend for them to get out of that? I would recommend don't stress over it. Figure out how to enjoy your life as it is now, because if you're not having fun, good luck building a business that's any kind of valuable or good. And most people are trying to build their business and they're miserable and they're unhappy and they don't have a social life and they're not having any fun and they're not investing in their relationship and they're not taking care of their body and they're eating shitty food. And it's like, how are you going to do anything good in that state? 
what you have to do is figure out how to enjoy yourself now, which means invest in your social life, take care of your body, eat well, sleep well, have fun, realize and understand that having money is not going to bring you any kind of happiness. It, it can buy you comfort, but it's not going to buy you happiness. So if you can't figure out how to be happy now, here and now, if you cannot be happy here and now, you will not be happy there and then. You will not. And I've seen this a thousand times over. I've seen a lot of people who are real rich and real miserable. And that will be you if you don't do the work to figure out how to enjoy your life as it is. And so that's really the secret is figuring out how to have fun along the way and how to enjoy your life wherever you are. Because it's a far, far better skill to have the ability to enjoy what you have than to have the ability to get what you want. If you get what you want, it becomes what you have. And if you can't enjoy what you have, what is the point of getting what you want? So most people think that somewhere else, some other experience, some amount of money, some other job, some other business is what's going to do it for them. And that is just a bullshit, not accurate point of view that is uh, perpetuated by consumerism culture that sells you that, you know, you don't have enough and that you're the, you're the wrong shape and you're the wrong size and you're the wrong color and you don't smell right. And whatever other, you know, viewpoints you've boughten into about your own inadequacies that are not serving you. And so the real secret is figure out how to have a good time now and then take the next step towards what you want, but doing so from a place of already being in a good spot. And that's a mindset shift. And that is the mindset shift that will serve you on your road to six figures. Boom. Ezra, I want to ask you a, a few questions just, just to get to know you a little bit better. The first one is, what is one non-negotiable habit you implement every day? Well, I usually drink a double espresso every morning when I wake up and I really enjoy that. <laughs> I got a nice, I got a fancy espresso machine, man. I'm into it. I got the the grind size all right. I grind the beans. <laughs> Ritual, super fun. Um, and I also, you know, spend time with my wife and have fun with her and, you know, celebrate our relationship and, um, you know, invest in that, um, every day more so than my business. I mean, that's really my ultimate hustle. A lot of people have a lot of money. Nobody has a successful, profitable, ever more intimate and connected fun relationship. I mean, that's a very hard thing to achieve and it takes, you know, daily effort. Um, but it is ultimately, I think the, my, the achievement I am most proud of. What is one book you wish everyone in the world would read? Uh, well, Stone Soup, the children's book is a pretty good one. On what do you like to spend your time and money outside of business? Probably, um, you know, cultivate. Well, right now what we're doing, we're building a house. That's kind of a fun project. We bought a bunch of land and we're kind of putting together a sort of compound intentional community type thing, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's pretty fun. But uh, yeah, man, I buy electric skateboards. I'm into jujitsu. I spend a lot of time investing in experiences with friends and family. I take care, you know, I do a lot of supporting of, you know, different causes and family and stuff like that. So um, most of my money is not actually spent in business. Yeah. I mean, look, I invest a lot back in, but the, the, the you know, the money that I pull out, I'm not, I'm not probably using for, for business stuff. I'm using for personal stuff. What were some unexpected expenses you had in your journey that you would recommend people prepare for? Well, most people don't pay their taxes on time or appropriately. And that's ultimately what sort of screws them over. You know, it's usually not a business operation thing that sinks the business. It's stress, overwhelm, and money mismanagement. That's generally what sinks people's businesses. So you really got to get good at managing your money. I just released a three-part series on my blog 
called Money Talks, part ones through three. If you go to YouTube and you search Ezra Firestone, Money Talks, part one, two, and three, it will change the way that you look at your finances and it will support you in your growth. And it's all lessons I had to learn the hard way. Um, But I really think that money management is the key to scale. What are three tools or pieces of software you cannot survive without in your business? Uh, We use a lot of stuff, man. We use Trello and Slack and Google Drive and GoToWebinar and Shopify and Klaviyo and ManyChat and Yachtpo. And, you know, we just, we use a ton of different stuff. Last thing I want you to elaborate on, this is, this was in a, a live video I caught on Facebook of you, you were cutting some salmon, just talking. I don't think you had any intention of dropping any knowledge bombs, but I'm just from listening to you. That's just who you are now. You said tools and love dictate your success in life. And what I meant by that, right. was like, you know, if I was trying to cut that salmon, like with, with the wrong knife, it wouldn't work. And that again, you know, most people are sprinting, you know, they're, it's like this, this whole thing in the personal development world of take massive action. People hear that and they just start running, but it's like, dude, if you take massive action in the wrong direction, now you got to travel all the way back the way that you came before you can get where you really ultimately should be going. So it's, it's not so much about uh, working hard and a lot. It's about working smart, right? Like the old Abe Lincoln, you know, if you gave me six hours to chop down a tree or one of these presidents, I would spend the first four hours sharpening my ax. It's like tools are very important, you know, and uh, you've got to slow down. And this is like, I didn't learn this until my thirties. It's only the last three years that I've really understood kind of this on a operational level in my life, which is the, you know, the fervor to ah, go and get shit done. I mean, that was my twenties and that really served me, but there comes a time where that is not enough. And it makes a lot more sense to slow down a little bit, to take a little more time to think things over, to make sure, you know, it's like there's both the, you know, he who hesitates has lost. That is true. Um, And there's also look before you leap. And that is also true. So you have to be able to hold those two truths simultaneously. And, you know, the tools I was talking about in love were not tools of a physical kind, but tools of communication, tools of mindset, tools of goal orientation. So it was more of a, you know, I was, I was, you know, sharing some philosophy, man. I don't know. (laughs) I love it, man. Ezra, I appreciate you coming on here, sharing your wisdom for your time. For people who want to, learn more about you, get involved in your community, learn from you. How do they do so? Uh, Follow me at Ezra Firestone on Instagram. That seems to be where the party's at these days. Uh, And smartmarketer.com is my blog. Um, Come see me over there. I'm always putting out good stuff, you know, about um, uh, how to do better in business. Um, So yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome guys. I will put all that stuff in the show notes. You'll be able to link directly to it. Ezra, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it. 